This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. I'm Josh Muccio, and from Gimlet Media, this is The Pitch, where real entrepreneurs pitch to real investors. Hi. Hi, I'm Tina. Hi, nice I'm Michael. You. How are you? Hi, Tina and Nicole. Nicole Hi. Hi, nice to meet you. Hey, I'm Charles. Tina Hedges is here today raising $750,000 for her organic cosmetic startup, Lolly, a company she thinks could change the face of beauty. The beauty industry is enormous. It's worth more than $400 billion worldwide, and a growing chunk of those sales are going toward natural products, the kind of thing Tina is making. But she says that a lot of those other cosmetics aren't as pure as they claim. And today, she hopes that her product, along with her years of industry experience, will turn the investors' heads. Here's who she needs to convince. I'm Jillian Manis. Jillian is a partner at Structure Capital and an angel investor on the side. I'm Charles Hudson. Charles is with Precursor Ventures, where he invests in early stage startups. I'm Nicole Verkent. Nicole runs a software company, and in her spare time, she's an angel investor. I'm Michael Hyatt. Michael built and sold two Canadian companies, and now he invests for himself. All right, on with the pitch. So, thank you for having me. My name is Tina Hedges. I'm the founder of Lolly Beauty. Lolly stands for Living Organic Loving Ingredients. My story begins in Jamaica, West Indies, which is where I was born. Um, I remember an early memory of my mom when I was four years old, taking three leaves from three different trees when I was um, bit by a bee, rubbing them together and putting them on my bee bite. And all of a sudden, it went away. Flash forward, I grow up, I go into the beauty industry, I work for companies like L'Oreal and Estee Lauder. I was very proud of what I did. I built many big, successful franchises for these companies. Tina spent years traveling the world, bringing new and interesting ingredients back to the company labs, where she'd help them develop innovative products. But she says her work started to affect her in an unexpected way. During that time, I started going through some health crisis and realized I was really young. I was in my mid-30s, and I went through early menopause. And I started thinking about it and trying to figure out why. And I started thinking about all the things that I had been putting on my skin and on my hair. And I went, I started just for myself going back to blending my own beauty products. And what I'm doing right now is I'm stirring up beauty to make a conscious change. It's equal parts ethical, effective, and empowering. And... Uh, I can tell you what Lolly is all about, if you'd like. Please do. Okay, so Lolly, we are a superfood organic approach to customizing your own personal skincare products or hair care products or body products. So what does that mean? We use food grade, which is 
not been done before in the beauty industry, organic ingredients. We um, blend them into bases that I call them your white t-shirts. They're maximized. They're, they're effective. They're what pow- are they? Face creams? Or? Um, they're everything from um, face treatments, so oils for your face or hair, um, balms, salves, um, water, so like hydrosol, toners, every treatment for face, body, and hair. And then we have a raw collection, which you can add in to blend up and personalize as you wish. Like so it's smoothie. very modular. <laughs> Pardon me? Like a smoothie. <laughs> it's, it's exactly, it is a food. Right, like like I, boost. I say I say we are a food approach to customizing your own skin and hair body products. I really see us as a, as a food company reinventing beauty. And I can tell you we're making huge um, changes in the beauty industry. I actually have a box for each of you, cool. so I'm happy to yeah, pass it out. Yeah, let's have a yeah, look. Yeah, let's okay. see them. Yeah. Um, so- Tina hands out boxes filled with lolly products to each of the investors. They start pulling out tiny glass bottles and jars, dishes for mixing things, stirring sticks. It's kind of like a little chemistry set. All right, so I have a little bowl with some stir sticks. Right. I have a chia carrot brulee, brulee, which is a right. So let me let me let me explain. And then an elixir. In your box, you have something called a base. Um, the base there, we have different bases. That's your white T-shirt, as I said. Okay. So your chia carrot brulee or your plum elixir is a base. Okay. You can okay. use that as you want. So the chia carrot brulee is a moisturizer. But what f- am I doing? Is it like my own facial? No. There, these are your skincare it. products. You do not. It's it's not necessarily just for a, a treatment like a ritual. It's yeah. your everyday treatment products. What's inside of it? Plum seed. It's all or, seed oil. It's all edible. It's four oils, edible. Interesting. And um, if you see the graph on the label, we're the only beauty company to show you every ingredient and what level it's in in the mm-hmm. product. It's 100% transparent. So yeah. we use- the investors start tinkering with the product, which consists of all organic bases, think oils and balms, and then other ingredients that you can mix in. Michael has pulled out a bottle of plum oil, and he's trying to figure out exactly what to do with it. So I, I do use a moisturizer yeah. and I have for years. So instead of doing that, what I'm going to do is take this this little bottle here mm-hmm. and it has a squeezy like a, a medicine um, thing on mm-hmm. it. And I'm going to put it into my little white dish you've given me. And then I mix it in with this other water you've I'm, given me. I'm going to tell you exactly what you do. You could just use it directly on your skin. Just, on your beard. It's a fabulous so beard oil. So I just oil. literally just mm-hmm. drop it on my hands, rub it together yeah. and put it so on my face. So do it right now. Let's see it in your beard. It smells like marzipan. And is when that, you put it in is your that beard. the plum? I don't know. Is that yeah. the plum? It is no. a plum. So it is doesn't have Ooh. to be it doesn't have to be um complicated. Okay. Tina's tried her best to get the investors clued into her product, but it's been a bit of a struggle. So they move on to more familiar territory, the numbers. Talk to us about the business here, okay? Yep. So this this looks like a very expensive product, am I wrong? Um, no, we're actually accessible luxury. Our price okay. points are for the bases between $38 and $78. So we price like a market price in, in terms of like if you went to a gourmet food store and you were choosing between an olive oil and this one is virgin and cold pressed, you you. But, okay, so I have a, a budget Bobby Brown moisturizer. That's what I use. Where you Does this buy, replace that? And, and how much more does will it cost me? Right. So, for example, our Chia Carrot Brulee, which is in, in your box, which is a moisturizer for face, lips, and body, okay. um, is $68 for 2.6 ounces, which is 1.6 ounces usually more than what you're getting for your Bobby Brown, which is usually about one one ounce to 1.5 ounces. So it's a good amount of product. Is it more or cheaper? It's more product, 
at $68. So you're probably paying about $48 or between $38 and $48. So it's, the same, it's about the same price, what you're saying. Same price, but it's higher quality ingredients. Okay, so you're it's saying multi-purpose. pay the same price. You don't have to buy that moisturizer anymore, but you're gonna. it's going to be natural. and It's not only natural, it's yeah. food grade. Okay, so where are you now? with the Are you so, only yeah. direct-to-consumer? Are you in stores? We What's are your strategy? vertical direct-to-consumer. We just um, launched a week and a half ago. Wow. So it's now live. Um, I raised money my first round in March of 2017. Um, so how much have you raised to date? I raised a million. How much are you burning a month and how much are you raising now? And how- I'm burning, uh, the burn is between 35 and 50 a month based on inventory. You know, the last couple months have been heavy in, in our inventory load and startup costs. Um, I'm raising right now 750 safe note. Seven million uh, val cap. So, what do you think you're going to be? How much you're going to sell this year? On a very low estimate, we think we can do half a million. Let's say hundred dollars. Let's mm-hmm. say you sell a hundred dollars of product. What does it take you to cost you to make that? So, um, my gross margins are over ninety percent. So, it costs you ten dollars. Even less. We're doing everything ourselves. So, because of my years in the industry, um, I'm sourcing all the ingredients. We're sourcing all, all our own packaging. We own all our own formulas. So we just use a manufacturer to actually produce the product batch and fill. But other mm. than that, we own the entire process. Those are fabulous gross margins for I the know. industry. I know. And if I told like, you unheard that, of. do you want to even be shocked? Sure. Do you know how many pieces? I'm filling like 800 to 1,000 pieces with those gross margins. That's crazy. I mean, so my, my investors- You're far, far crazy from low. After a rocky start, things sound like they're back on track. Tina knows the beauty industry inside and out, and Lolly's numbers are solid. If the conversation keeps moving forward, things are looking good for Tina. Sorry, I hate to go backwards. What can you do about the smell? So you can, if you want to add in... I know people like the smell, but I I don't. I don't. Just because uh, we... I think smell is a very personal thing. And yes. that, again, that's the beauty of Lolly. It's very modular. So if you want to have a lavender or a lang lang or jasmine. Can I buy one with no smell? Um, we do not rarefy our ingredients. So we don't process them to take away a smell because that means we're heating them and extracting some of the nutrients. Okay, interesting. So, is there one with that's closer to less scent? Um, we have um, elixirs that have more of a fruit scent versus a like a nut nut scent scent. but in natural products i mean and again i take a food approach i don't want i mean that's what the beauty industry does they'll take your argan oil and they'll process it take out any scent and then throw in a fragrance got it none of that is good for you yeah no for sure so i'm sure if i custom blended for you i would find the perfect scent for you or jillian something a little bit more moderate like not so neutral more neutral. neutral That's right. I don't want anything to fight with my, yeah, primary scent. It's clear Tina still has some work to do to get the investors on board. But luckily, there's a new trend in the beauty market, one that Tina says her product is poised to capitalize on. Three out of four women in the U.S. are saying they'd prefer to buy natural beauty products because they're better for them. People say that. It's just how many are doing it. The, The numbers are growing. I mean... Two years ago, when I started to put together the business plan and think about Lolly, and I started talking to a lot of investors, they were like, women think that they want natural, organic, or clean and green beauty, but, you know, at the end of the day, they want 
there are 90% less lines and wrinkles. Um, I, I have um, a different opinion about that. I don't remember what I looked like yesterday. I just know how I feel today. And if I put something on that makes me feel better today, I will continue to use it. And if I continue to use it, it doesn't matter what I put on. The other thing is 60% of U.S. millennials are already buying food-grade ingredients to blend their own beauty products at home because they feel it's better for them. So there are a lot of people who are in this space in the beauty industry. There are a lot of people who are getting into the organic, right, a space. I, I worry that this might be just a little bit, um, it's a little niche. I find that perhaps potentially the blending, the, the it, there's just so many different pieces to this. Everyone is jumping onto the clean and green yes. bandwagon. Um, very few brands are addressing it in with all of the things that we're doing. So the personalization piece, which can be simplified, it can be as simple or complicated as you want. Mm -hmm. You can mix in a bowl and actually mix from scratch or mix up um, your own mask, or, or you could just drop a few drops of lavender into your plum elixir shake, and then you never have to mix right. again. So it's up to you how complicated you would like that personalization piece. Second of all, the, the marketplace keeps growing. By 2024, organic and natural um, skincare worldwide is upwards of, they're forecasting about $24 billion. Right now in the U.S., it's almost $4 billion. And um, I don't think that's going away. Okay. I still don't get the marketing strategy around this. I don't see how this is so different. I do in terms of the backstory on it and the formulation of the products, I do. But once again, it's very difficult to convey that. You know, uh, um, I can't, you can do it at a counter when you're blending, but that's very high touch. I just don't so understand how you're going to have that. So I think that's about that. marketing yeah. and creating a brand purpose and, and then having that message be picked up. We're already being written up by every single trend publication, beauty magazine, fashion magazine. We're getting a lot of... So what's to stop anyone else from just doing exactly what you're doing? Um, I will answer that the way one of our investors answered it to me when he was thinking about his investment. Um, it's very complicated to do what I'm doing, all the elements, and it's a perfect storm. It's taken me, I didn't just create this three months ago, yeah. it's taken me two years to get well, where no, we Well, no, but you're are. using all your years in the beauty industry right. and all those learnings, right. right? That's the kind of thing that and, you can't find in a founder that you know doesn't have the same kind of experience. And my connections and my ability yeah, to fast track. And also we have some secret sauce. To be fair, I'm not gonna stand up here and tell you I have every answer figured out because I think that um, when you have a startup, you learn and you tweet yes, and you're sure. nimble and you're mobile. It's decision time. First up, Nicole. I'm not into the space. I mean, mm -hmm. I spend my weekends on a farm. I, I don't really know anything about beauty. <laughs> I'm just kind of grabbing the fastest thing. So mm -hmm. I, I just have to preface all that by saying that. But I... I I agree that this is a thing, and I think you're going to piggyback off of it, and I think you're the right person to do it. Um, I I just can't see myself using it, and that's why I have a hard time personally. I mean, I think if there was like an unscented one that was in a travel size, that was something that where there was one step, you would you would get you would get me. You'd sell me as a customer, and usually I'd I'd like to be sold as a customer before an investor. I'd want to say, oh, this is a real problem. 
But to me now, there's like, I need the product to, I think for me, have like almost no scent and something that's so quick. Like I don't want a dish. I don't want tools. I just want something that goes in my bag and comes around with me. So, so when those di- things happen, uh, like I'd love, you know, email me, let me know. I'd love to try it, you know, play around with it. I'd have to come in as a, cus- as a customer first, mm-hmm. though. Nicole is out. It's on to Jillian. You are absolutely the real deal. You're the top authority in this. You know what you're doing. Um, I would bet on you if you could show me a way that you're going to be able to uh, get ahead of this pack. That's my thing. And, and, and so by the way, and that? also, I just don't use any of this. I have so basic, I'm like you, I don't have time to put anything on. You know, I have one makeup cream goes on in La Prairie at night, one cream, no, no nothing. I just don't have time to blend. And so I'm not your consumer. Um, everybody is coming out with an organic uh, makeup. And even though you know it's not organic, the the perception of the consumer is one that it's all natural. Mm-hmm. And there's so many all natural products out there that I'm worried that this cannot rise and to the top without some really interesting marketing angle, which I'm not seeing. There's just, I'm just concerned. Jillian is passing. Next up, Charles. So I think some pitches work because the longer the founder talks, the more confidence I have that they've figured things out and the more confidence I have that their expertise is becoming apparent to me. And I would say your pitch sort of follows that arc. And in the beginning, I was like, this sounds interesting, but I'm not Mm -hmm. seeing the, it's not coming out to me sort of how you're leveraging all the things you've learned in the past. And by the midpoint, I'm like, she's an expert. Mm -hmm. She's at the forefront of a movement and we just spend a bunch of time internally looking at cosmetics. And to Jillian's point, the thing that was surprising to me is that there's a base, this is not like a software or marketplace winner-take-all market. Like these categories just end up with a bunch of winners. Mm-hmm. And which is why I think you keep seeing, whether it's nail polish or makeup, you keep seeing new companies born on Instagram, born on social media, rocketing to huge sales volumes in a fairly short period of time. Like, well, why is that different? Oh, they had the right spokesperson. They had the right branding, they hit the right nerve, they really spoke to this customer. So I don't I don't know that you'll build the global domination brand in this space, but maybe nobody will. Maybe there'll be eight or 10 that are credible. And the market's big enough. And There's the definitely room for a bunch of them. And so I want to say yes, more than I want to say no, but cosmetics is a new category for me. And so I'm going to pass for now, but I actually believe if we spent some more time together, you could get me to a yes. I try to pay attention to momentum of my own feelings in a pitch. And the longer you talked, the more I believed what you were saying. So I'm, I'm going to pass for now, but I would like to spend more time with you to see if I could get to a yes. Fantastic. Thank you. Charles is out for now. Here's Michael. Um, I like you a lot. I think you're very smart. And I think you're, you, you live and die by this. I mean, this is you. I mean, this brand, this is you. And I think you've done a terrific job putting this together. Um, I didn't even know this category exists, um, for sure. I'm a little uh, dumb on this stuff. Uh, I think Charles is dead on. I, I may or may not be a winner here, but if you become one of the top eight, you may have a phenomenally successful business and even a venture-backable business. So I feel that um, I'm not your investor. I'm going to pass because I haven't fallen in love with this, and I don't think I can help you. But in saying that, I think you should raise more money and get the right investors. Yeah. And I think you're going to do really well. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Nice Thank to you. meet you all. Likewise. <laughs> With passes from all the investors, Tina leaves the room. But the investors go one more round. Like, I'm the girl that I'm is so winging through an airport, go to the duty-free, and yeah. buy the travel kit for makeup. Yeah. I just buy, think it's too complicated. Like it's just did, there's like Charles, five did you like terms. The because, because I, thought this, I didn't find the smell offensive. Okay. I, I didn't a, like I have, it. I a, but I didn't love it. I wouldn't I, spend 100 bucks on it. No, and also in all sincerity, I just I'm not I'm also not a make like I I don't spend time in a beauty cat. That's no, just me not neither. my thing. I you know all of my makeup is like Maybelline and L'Oreal and right. You know, so this is probably not me. I'm probably putting terrible things on my face and into my body. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I'm just it's also complicated. But I realize for the same reason spas are so big and everybody is loving these spa experiences, which I pour down to my soul. Um, I, You're you know, like, can I bring my like, cell phone in here? Yeah, can I send I, emails I, from the spa? I can't. You're that, that person, yeah, I am. I, I, I pour pedicures. I, I just, I get them done, but I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go. I'm the same so way. So I think that, but because of there's such a big spa movement. Well, the goop movement. Goop These are movement. big movements. This is, She's natural movement. this is hard. This is hard. There's a it's a there's, hard space. I mean, this is a very crowded space. Everybody. She's a going business into person, this. right? I like, sit in not, Whole Foods and I look she's the makeup. Be good. Yeah. No, no, but she. That's the thing. She's going to be good. I think she knows what she's doing. Yeah. Like she knows what she's yeah. doing. Um, I just, I don't know if that's enough to break through. Despite her expertise, Tina didn't have the right formula for the investors. The chemistry just wasn't there. After the break, we hear Tina's thoughts on what happened in the room. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. We talk to a lot of entrepreneurs on the show, and one thread that connects them all, they're not just pitching their business, they're pitching themselves. Because small business owners know that their business is more than just a company. It's their whole life. And State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, and they know what it takes. They can help you choose personalized policies that fit your budget. That's the personal touch. That's small business insurance from State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. Small business owners know that it's not just business, it's personal. Your business is your life, and State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know what it takes. They can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. And they live and work in your community. So you're not just getting an insurance plan, you're getting that personal touch. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back. After three months had passed, I caught up with Tina to see how things were going. So we've been very busy. We have been actually completing our our raise, which is really exciting. So we should be closing next week. No way. Um, Yeah, super, super excited. And actually, um, since we came out and um, did the pitch, uh, we increased the round because there was such um, market interest. So you were doing seven hundred fifty thousand. So what did you end up deciding to raise? 
we're doing 1.5. Oh, wow. You doubled it. Yep. And yep. And you've got it all committed, just waiting for wires to come through. Like, how close is it to we being done? We are we are in the the term sheets approved. The lead has signed off. We just are doing the final paperwork, and um, it should all be executed and money in the bank next week. That's awesome! Congratulations, Tina. That's huge. I know. Thank you. Kind of switching gears a little bit. So then, like, in the room. Um, that's your first pitch to these four investors in the room. How do you think it went? You know, it's interesting. I, I am pretty instinctual and I can read a room very quickly. And when I walked in, um, I, my first impression was a, a visceral impression, but more um, of the ilk of, oh, this is going to be a tough crowd because they don't really understand beauty or understand this brand. Like that was a visceral reaction I had. I could tell from the body language, I could tell. And in reflection on on the pitch and um, what did I do that went well, what did I do that I could have done better, I realized I was too anxious to um, share the product with them. And usually in my one-on-one pitches, I'm, I control the product um, experience much more. Mm-hmm. And in this instance, which was really unusual, I don't know why I did that. Maybe it was nerves. <laughs> Maybe it was because, you know, it was just a very different setup standing in front of a microphone and, and pitching versus like at a table. Sure. So they dove in without really understanding what the product was or about. And then it was a water, sh- you know, shed effect, right? Yeah. Um, what do you think for people like on a, on a broader level, founders that are struggling pitching a product that the typical VC is just not going to understand? And like they see a thing that it feels like the whole world doesn't see, but like they see it, they know it, they believe it, they know it beyond a shadow of a doubt to be true. And But like people don't believe them and investors just don't understand it. Like, is there Anything you can do about that? Um, wow. I mean, I think if I could uh, come up with a solution and bottle it, I'd be a gajillionaire, right? Because I think there, more often than not, that's the case. True innovation, you know, I say this all the time, and I think Steve Jobs um, helped sort of raise the awareness to this, um, but true innovation never tests well. Consumers can only tell you what they know, not what they don't know. And I think investors are the same, right? They tend to to keep investing in the same types of businesses oh, yeah. because they're They're pattern matching for things that happened a couple years back. Most of them right. can't. I mean, you, it's hard to predict the future for anybody, right? Right. Well, but, you know, I think that's one of my talents. I think that I, and I've been paid lots of money along the way by big corporations to do exactly that, make the invisible visible. Um True innovation, you know, it's, it's, there are very few people who can hold the space for the future. And um, in a way, it's trust. I think it goes down to trust, which is I can't see what you can see, but I trust you. And therefore, I'm going to come along on this journey with you versus I don't trust you. You need to prove to me. And until I get comfortable that there's no question mark, then I'm not going to come along on the journey. And, you know, then that means you're just going to keep investing in things that are the same. (laughs) 
For a deal to work out for a VC, you have to have the right alchemy. The product has to be a good fit, the numbers have to look good, there's gotta be a real market for the company to tap into. Essentially, the stars have to align. And for Tina, things just never fell into place with the investors on the show. Luckily, there were other VCs out there that made a much better match for Lolly. And it sounds like she found them organically. Our show is produced by me, Josh Muccio, Molly Donahue, and Kareem Maddox. We are edited by Blythe Terrell. We're mixed by Enoch Kim, original music composed by The Muse Maker. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. Lisa Muccio planned the recording of this pitch. We discovered Lolly because of an introduction from Galena Osger at Grand Central Tech. If you're a startup founder hoping to pitch on our show, you can apply at thepitch.show slash apply. And as a reminder, no offer to invest is being made to or solicited from the listening audience on today's show. All right, you've been listening to The Pitch from Gimlet Media. We'll be back with a brand new episode next Wednesday. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.